0: All right, good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that desires that all men should see what the Apostle Paul called the fellowship of the mystery. Last time we were together, we're in Ephesians chapter number, or session number 13, and we've looked at verses 3 through 5. So let's go ahead and uh, just for context, uh, Ephesians chapter number 3. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, uh, the reason Paul was persecuted uh, so heavily was because of his ministry to the Gentiles, and the ones that persecuted the Apostle Paul were the Judaizers, uh, the Jews that had rejected the message of grace that Paul was preaching. And he says in verse number two, If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me, so this dispensation of grace, that's that word people don't like. Uh, they call us dispies, things like that. But the word is found four times in the King James Bible. Uh, dispensation, um, and uh, he says he has received the dispensation or the dispensing of the grace of God, which is given to me or given me for you or to you word And uh, uh, we looked in our notes last time, we talked about how that uh, there's basically two basic methods of interpreting the scriptures. Uh, you're either going to come at it from a covenant uh, angle, or you're going to come at it from a dispensational angle. Um, I believe in dispensationalism. And a dispensation is a particular means by which God deals with man and creation given, during a given period of redemptive history. And that's what separates the two. Uh, One group, the covenantalists, say God deals with man through a series of covenants, which we reject that because the covenants are for the nation of Israel. Of course, they get by that by saying that we are the nation of Israel. Um, But I reject that. The nation of Israel is totally separate from... Uh, the Gentile, or the what we would call the, the, uh, the body of Christ, the church, which is made up of both now, Jew and Gentile. God doesn't deal in covenants. The Jewish people right now are not under a covenant. Gentiles have never been under a covenant. Uh, the covenants are with the nation of Israel. And, of course, the only way you can embrace this view is to believe that we are somehow Israel, spiritually, physically, whatever you want to call it. So we, I reject that. God deals with us in dispensations. Uh, and we looked at some of the dispensations of innocence and conscience and human government, uh, promise, promise, the law, and grace, um, and, of course, the millennial kingdom. And we talked about how some see a basic seven dispensations, and some say there's as many as nine dispensations, how God has dealt with man throughout history. And of course, there's, uh, there's arguments, pro and con, for those dispensations, when they start, when they stop, things like that. But Paul says he is in jail because of the grace of God, which is given me to youward. In other words, I'm in jail because I'm preaching this grace gospel to you, the Gentiles. Then in verse number three, how that by revelation he made unto me made known unto me the mystery as i wrote f4 in a few words whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of god uh, so paul says that god gave them this mystery in the form of a revelation or as we have as we read pauline paul's epistles a series of revelations he made known to him the mystery um, so Again, this mystery was not given to the 12. It was given to Paul. He was the only one that received this mystery. And then he says something is interesting parenthetically. He says, as I wrote a four in a few words. So Paul did mention this in Ephesians 1.9. He did mention it in Ephesians 2.19, but he also mentioned it back in Galatians 1.15 through 16. So he's saying, I've written about this before. This is not the first time that I've shared this mystery with you guys. And then he says in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man as it is now, revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And that's where we left off last time. Again, Paul is clearly saying that what he had received was not what was given to the twelve or anyone else for that matter but it has now been revealed through Paul or to Paul and now through him to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit and of course Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 20 Paul said that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus and Christ being Jesus Christ being himself being the chief cornerstone now those who would embrace a covenantal approach would say, yeah, you know, the church was built on the prophets. You're talking Old Testament prophets, Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, um, and the apostles, which would be referring to the 12. Um, Now, I would disagree with that. Why? Because Paul has just built an entire case that he is the only one that had this revelation of this mystery. So how can it be built on the apostles and the prophets that didn't know anything about it? Didn't know anything about it at all. And um you know we I think we we talked a little bit about this. I think he's referring to an, what 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 I guess what we would call uh age of grace apostles and prophets. Uh in other words there were There was a period in which God appointed apostles and prophets just for the dispensation of grace, or more aptly stated, just for the period between when Paul received the revelation of the mystery and when he had penned his Pauline epistles. There were some prophets and apostles uh, that were appointed to help Paul in the dispensation or the administration of this, this, uh, this grace gospel. Um, and again, he, he talks about these guys over in Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 11 when he says, And he gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now, who are these apostles? Is he talking about the 12? Well, again, the 12, the revelation of the mystery was not given to the 12. In the prophets that he's referring to there, is he referring to Old Testament prophets? Or is he referring to these new dispensational apostles and prophets that helped him as he revealed the mystery to them, He they proclaimed the mystery to others. Now, you know, I mean, I, I'm beginning to believe uh, that he is referring to He is not referring to the 12. He's not referring to the past prophets. And then he says, "In some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, even today within dispensational circles, almost all of them will say God no longer has apostles and prophets. They will say that those things uh, disappeared um, when, um, you know, when... um, when the last of them died, that there are no more apostles. There might be b apostles, c apostles, but there are no more apostles. And the office of prophet is no longer needed with the canonization of Scripture now that we have a Bible in our hands, complete. uh, We don't need someone to foretell the Word of God. Now, we can foretell it, but we don't need people to foretell it because it's all been pinned in the road of Scripture. So they'll argue that we still have evangelists, pastors, and teachers today, but we don't have apostles and prophets today. Well, how about he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to that perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we're no longer tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine or every slight of men or cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to receive, to deceive. In other words, these guys were appointed during this time period until until Paul could come to um the full understanding of the gospel of grace until he had pinned down that god had set aside israel which he did he was the only one that did it in romans he set aside israel and as a result of their fall you know as a result of their rejection of the kingdom gospel that the 12 and Jesus came to proclaim, which was a fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies, that that kingdom was going to be postponed and Israel was no longer going to be God's covenant people. God was setting them aside. Those natural branches were being broken off and God was going to reach the Gentiles through the gospel of grace, which is given to the Apostle Paul, and those who he revealed that gospel of grace to, those apostles, those prophets, those evangelists, those pastors, those teachers. Because if you think about it, when you get over into uh, the letters that he wrote to Timothy, he doesn't talk about apostles and prophets. He talks about elders and deacons for the church. That's all he talks about just elders and deacons. So maybe the only offices in the church today should be elders and deacons because these that he's talking about here in Ephesians chapter four have been done away with because we have come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We have come into that perfect man. All the revelation has been revealed to the apostle Paul. There's nothing else to be revealed. It's been revealed. And now it's the elders and the deacons who oversee the body of Christ. Just something to think about. I mean, don't throw me under the bus. Don't call me a heretic. But, you know, I mean, that's um, that could be exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about there in those verses. Um, and again, you know, um, things that are similar are not the same. You know, just because you say the word apostle, doesn't mean you're referring to the 12. The word apostle means one sent forth. You know, the 12 were obviously sent forth by Jesus. Well, there were other apostles that were sent after. I mean, Paul talks about those who are apostles of men that were sent forth, you know, not by Jesus himself, but by men. Um, So anyway, something to think about there. And then he says in verse number six, that the Gentiles, so... Remember verse number five. Um, get down in chapter number three, which in the ages was not made known to the sons of men as it is now revealed, until His holy prophets and prophets by the Spirit. So again, it he doesn't seem to be talking about the Old Testament prophets and apostles. And understand the twelve were Old Testament. Um, And then he he goes on to say that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So this is the mystery. Jew-Gentile in one body. Nowhere in the Bible was this event ever foretold. The Hebrew scriptures never talked about this event. Now, the Hebrew scriptures did talk about how God would use the nation of Israel to reach the Gentiles. But the nation of Israel rejected that commission and decided they wasn't going to do it. So God had to raise up the Apostle Paul to do it. Um, and again, we've talked about this in our, in, our little, in our little graph here. Okay, this is what should have happened. You know, Christ came. He was crucified. Um, he rose from the dead. And why? The testator, Hebrews 9 15, he had to die, you know, so that the sins that were committed under the Old Testament could be forgiven, so that he could establish the new. That had to happen. Uh, Peter stands in front of the nation, offers them the kingdom. They reject it. Stephen stands in front of the nation, offers them the kingdom again. They kill him. Okay? But what if they hadn't? What if they had accepted what Peter said? What if they had accepted what Stephen said? They would have repented. They would have been baptized. Well, their fall never would have happened. Instead, they would have went right into Daniel's 70th week. The revelation of the Antichrist, all of that would have still happened because they were in the 69th week. And it would culminated with the second coming of Christ. And then the thousand-year reign, Uh, his kingdom would have been established on earth, and the Jewish nation would have continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the Gentiles. That's what would have, could have, should have happened, but that's not what happened. Instead, Israel rejected Peter's word. Israel stoned Stephen, and they fell as a result. And God had to raise up the Apostle Paul to do what they were unwilling to do. And you and I are living in the, in the postponement or what we call the, the, the age of the church or the age of grace, which God's always extended grace, even in the Garden of Eden. But, but that's what people call these things. We are living in what's called the mystery now where the kingdom has been postponed and one day that will end and god will rapture out his church and it'll go it'll pick right up where it left off god will turn his attention back to the nation of israel The daniel 70th week will commence and at the end of that second coming and then it will go forward um and again, you'll notice here on my little chart here that time passed, but now ages to come. Time passed, you know, in Ephesians, and we, we can look at this in Ephesians 2, 11 and 12. Notice what it says in Ephesians 2, 11 and 12. Notice he says here, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, that's referring to us. By that which is called circumcision, that's referring to them, the Jews, in the flesh made by hands, it's referring to their physical circumcision, that at that time ye, what time? During a time past, you were without Christ, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, you were strangers from the covenants of promise, you had no hope, you were without God in this world. That's us. Right there, in time past. This was not about the Gentiles. The only way a Gentile could be saved during time past was to become a Jew. That's the only way a Gentile could be saved. And then the Bible talks about ages to come. You know, if you look in Ephesians 2 and verse number 7, notice it says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What are the ages to come? Well, the ages to come are still to come. And that is what Hebrews through Revelation is all about, the ages to come. So where are we? Well, we're not in time past. We're not in ages to come. We are in but now. In Ephesians chapter two, verse number 13, notice he says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off, who's that? The Gentiles are made nigh how by the blood of our blood of Christ, for he is our peace. He hath made both Jew and Gentile one. He hath broken down the middle wall partition that was between us. He has abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself twain one new man, so making peace. We are the one new man. The body of Christ is the one new man. That's us today. We are the one new man that has been created. Okay? So that's the break. That's where we get this. We have time past, we have but now, and we have ages to come, and it's perfectly laid out here in Ephesians for us. We are living in the but now period. And yes, the but now period never would have started if the the Jews would have done what God asked them to do which was repent and be baptized, he would have brought in the kingdom, and he would have used them to reach the reach the Gentile. But that's not what happened. So here in verse number six, when he says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ, how? By the grace gospel. This is the but now period. This is the mystery, Jew and Gentile, one body. Nowhere in the Bible was this event event foretold. The Hebrew Scriptures, which is Genesis, all the way through the Gospel of John, uh, the book of, you know, know, all the Hebrew epistles through Revelation, it's not foretold. This but-now period in which we live was never spoken of until Paul, and that was the revelation of the mystery. That both Jew and Gentile would be one in the body of Christ as a result of Israel's fall. And then he says in verse number seven, Whereof I was made a minister. Whereof what? This this gospel. I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God that was given to me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am, who am the least of all the saints, is this grace given? that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So Paul's point here, let me get all this stuff lined up. Paul's point is that his ministry to the Gentiles with the mystery was the result of the gift of the grace of God that was given to him. How? By the working of his power. By the effective working of his power. And again, I believe that the gift of the grace of God that he's referring to was his salvation, while some would say that it was the actual grace gospel itself that he's referring to. Um, I do not know that Paul was a blasphemer. I do know that Paul was a blasphemer and that according to Matthew 12, 31, wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto the unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. So Paul, I mean, if you look at that, it seems that Paul could not have been saved under the kingdom gospel because he was a blasphemer. And he said he was a blasphemer. So the only way that Paul could have been saved would have been under the grace gospel that forgave him of that blasphemy um so when we look at that whereof i was made a minister what was he made a minister of this this gospel that the gentiles would be fellow heirs of the same body Jew and Gentile i was made a minister of this according to the gift of the grace of god that was given to unto me by the effectual working of his power in other words it was god that did it unto me who am less than the least of all the saints was this grace given that i should preach among the gentiles the inscrutable riches of christ god saved paul and again i think these verses here in matthew 12:31 are saying that paul there was there paul was past the point of no return he could not have been saved under the kingdom gospel, because he did blaspheme um, the Holy Spirit. Um, so his salvation had to come some other way, which would have been via the grace gospel. And this will blow your mind. First Timothy chapter one, verse number eleven. <clears throat> Notice he says, um, First Timothy chapter one, verse eleven. Um, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So he's talking about that grace gospel. And I think Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, that he counted me faithful, and he put me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer. Now here it says all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be given unto men. I mean, the Apostle Paul blasphemed, and he says here, I was formerly a blasphemer, and I was a persecutor, I was injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief." and the grace of our Lord Jesus was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus, and this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now, we get in trouble with this verse because that word "chief" there uh, is the same word as um, as it's it's the word "proto." Let me show it to you here in the KJV plus. I am chief. Notice it's "proto,"s which means foremost, before, beginning, best, first, former. So what Paul is saying here is that <clears throat> he's not saying. I'm the worst, I'm the worst sinner ever, and yet God still chose to save me. Instead, he's saying, of whom I am first. Notice in verse number 16, "Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all suffering." Now that word first there, look in 16 KJV+, plus, first, It's the same word, protos. So what Paul is saying in this previous verse, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am first, that word protos. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first. It's that same word, protos. Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering. Why? For a pattern to them that should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So the question is who was the first one into the body of Christ? Looking at this, it seems like Paul was the first one into the body of Christ. How, I mean, think about it. How do you get into the body of Christ? By believing the grace gospel. Did they have the grace gospel in Acts chapter number 2? Nope. You see, that's why I argue that nothing Christian happened in Acts chapter number 2 because there was no grace gospel preached in chapter number 2. It was a kingdom gospel to the nation of Israel. The first one to hear the grace gospel was the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter number 9 and his conversion. And we talked about blasphemous and all that and how he had blasphemed and it wasn't going to be forgiven, but God showed him grace in Acts chapter number 9, and he was saved by the grace gospel in Acts chapter number 9. And he was the first one saved by the grace gospel, so that would make him the first one into the body of Christ. He was the first one. And he goes on to say there that, That what? He is serving as a pattern. His salvation is a pattern to them that should hereafter believe on him to everlasting. Not get baptized, not repent, but just believe, just like Paul believed. So Paul was the first one, and that's what Paul is saying here. Whereof, in verse 7, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, which was given unto me on the on in acts chapter number 9 excuse me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am least of all the saints is this grace given and again that verse is saying i mean he's just he he was nobody i mean he actually persecuted believers now, now i don't think paul ever persecuted the body of christ because there was no body of christ when paul persecuted He was persecuting kingdom saints. He was persecuting Jews who were turning to this Messiah. He was persecuting Messianic Jews. He wasn't persecuting the body of Christ or the church because there was no body of Christ when he was doing all that. Are you you tracking me here? This grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So, I mean, Paul was the first one to be saved. Um, he was the first one into the body of Christ, is what we're saying here. So, let's, we stopped off in verse number five, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. What's he talking about? The grace gospel was not made known to other men in other ages, but it has now been revealed unto his holy prophets, his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, he has to be referring to the ones that he shared the gospel of grace with, the ones referred over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. And then he goes on to say that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. What was the revelation of the mystery? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, this one new man, partakers of his promise in Christ. How? By the grace gospel whereof, this grace gospel, I was made a minister. And it was according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me, how? By the effectual working of his power. And again, he received this grace gospel. He was converted (laughs) in Acts chapter number nine. He was the first one to hear and receive this grace gospel. And that's why I can sit here and say, well, what about Acts chapter number two? Acts chapter number 2 was not the grace gospel. It was the kingdom gospel. So I can sit here and say, Acts chapter number 2 was not the birth of the church. Paul was the first one converted into this one new man. Unto me who am less than the least of all the saints. In other words, I'm the worst. Is this grace given? that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, here he is saying that he's least of all. But we can't go back over here in the first Timothy, you know, when it it says here, um, he talks about how he was, we were looking at that word protos, when he says in, a, in 1 Timothy 1:15, 1 "This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief." Now I guess people read that and couple it with this, "Unto me who am the least of all the saints," you know, and say, "Well, but these things that are same are saying things that are similar are not the same." Paul here in First Timothy is recounting his conversion experience which happened in chapter number nine. And he is saying that he was the first one to be converted under the grace gospel. I mean, think about it. He had to be. It was revealed to him first. He had to respond to it first before he could share it with other people. And he goes on and says, it happened to me for a pattern to everybody that would come hereafter. So, Paul was in jail because he preached the unsearchable riches of Christ. He preached this to the Gentiles. So again, his his point is that his ministry to the Gentiles with the mystery was the result of the grace of the gift of God that was given to him by the effectual working of his power. And that salvation, that same salvation that he was converted with, he was the first one to be converted into the body of Christ. He was the first one to be saved by the grace gospel. And what's the difference between the two? The grace gospel is merely belief. That's it. It's not repent, it's not get baptized. it's not fly straight, walk right. None of that. It's just simply believe. okay? And um, I guess we can finish with this. What does he mean when he says the least of all the saints? Now, I believe that he makes this statement because of the persecution that he inflicted on the kingdom church. And he did. Paul never persecuted the body of Christ. How can I say that dogmatically? Because there was no body of Christ until Paul. He was, he was inflicting, he was persecuting the kingdom church. He was persecuting fellow Jews who were accepting this Messiah. And the fact that God would still choose to use him after all of that to preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what he's talking about that there. Again, I believe that he's referring to the mystery. That was only revealed to him, and thus it was unsearchable. Because it wasn't written about before. No one knew anything about it before. And then next time we get together, verse number nine, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery. In other words, now he wants to make all other people see what is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world, it was hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that next time. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Remember, God loves you. What's the best for you He's working all things out for our good.